Um, thank you very much. Um, thank you for the opportunity of being here. I'm, I hope I get the slides here. There, yeah, there you go. Um, I must say I'm a surgeon. Surgeons are usually liars. So I'll try to tell you the truth about surgery today. I have no disclosures. So you've got a complete clinical response. What should you do? Well, first of all, what is a complete clinical response? We've heard a lot, a lot about this in this morning. And it has to be um, dealt with clinical assessment. And digital rectal examination is a fundamental part of the assessment of response. It has to be smooth and it can be somewhat indurated. But there has to be no irregularity, no ulceration, no mass, and no stenosis of the rectum. This is what endoscopically looks like a complete clinical response. You can see the tumor on your left. You can see the complete clinical response on your right. Uh, there's a whitening of the mucosa. There's some telangiectasia there. There's no ulceration. There's no mass. And there's no stenosis of the rectum. Another example here. This is a whitening of the mucosa. You can see the telangiectasia there. And you saw how beautifully Regina showed you today how MRI is also a fundamental part of the assessment of response in these patients. Now, MRI has significantly improved over the years. In the beginning, we were looking for the mesorectal compartment. Now, they can actually tell us when there is a complete clinical response within the rectal wall itself after chemoradiation completion. You saw this slide, and you can see how good we're getting it into this. When you add up clinical assessment, endoscopic assessment, and radiologic assessment, you're pretty damn right that you have a complete response after chemoradiation completion. So why not simply perform surgery? Well, you saw Professor Bill Hughes showing how surgery is actually meticulous and difficult. It is so difficult that two separate trials have failed to show non-inferiority of the laparoscopic approach. So right in the 21st century, the best chances of getting an optimal specimen, and the objective here is to get the perfect specimen, is actually open surgery. Why? Because it's a difficult operation. And even if you come out with a perfect specimen, you have to deal with the morbidity of the operation. It has immediate morbidity, it has functional consequences in terms of urinary function, sexual function, and anorectal function. Now I'm going to show you some data. This is mortality data. This is not Brazil. This is the UK. And you can see by counting the number of comorbidities and the actual age of these patients, the mortality rate of this operation may reach as high as 16%. Now I'm going to show you Professor Julier's data. This is my opponent's data, and you can see that the function is terrible after this operation. 50% of these patients, in the hands of Professor Julier here, are completely incontinent after the operation. It doesn't stop there. This is Professor Julier's data. The function is so bad that the number of these patients lose their anastomosis. He said, uh, there's a very low chance I'm going to do an APR. <coughs> Not quite true. 8% APR rate, by the end of 10 years, these same patients end up with an APR with a definitive colostomy in 25%. Why? Because these anastomoses fail. They fail because of leaks. They fail because of local recurrence. They fail they don't function well. Again, Professor Julier's data. Why? 
Why? Because they do so bad, they actually need a secostomy to clean their bowels. Can you imagine how miserable it is to go to the toilet and actually have a bang hang over you to clean your bowel? As a matter of fact, these patients are significantly affected by rectal cancer operation, even when they do not have a recurrence. Most of these patients are out of work after rectal cancer surgery, and actually, they never really have a normal life after TME surgery. Sorry, Professor Hill. So what's the worst news? There's no oncological benefit of doing an operation in this setting. There's no overall survival benefit in doing surgery in the setting of a complete pathological response when you compare to complete clinical response managed by observation alone. Yes, there is some data, there is some systematic reviews available now and showing basically the same outcomes. There are no differences in terms of oncological overall survival in these patients. But maybe we should stick with Professor Houllier's idea to perform local excision. And this is a particularly attractive alternative, currently in the setting of interesting transanoendoscopic platforms, as you see here. You can see perfectly within or inside the bowel lumen, and you can do very meticulous uh, local excisions. This is myself doing an operation. It's quite nice to do this uh, operation. And then you provide the specimen for the pathologist, because then you know whether this is or is not a complete pathological response after chemoradiation completion. As a matter of fact, you can close the rectal defects and they look very nice at the end of the operation. You're very, you know, you're very proud of yourself. But again, not quite true. This is what it looks like one week after the operation. These wounds frequently open up. And the reason they open up is you're suturing and putting together two pieces of bowel that have been previously irradiated. So the wound breakdowns are very frequent. And you know what? These wound breakdowns, they hurt. These patients experience excruciating pain because these wounds are um, frequently very close to the anal verge and they actually very, very, very sensitive to these things. But the problem is not the pain that usually lasts for 60 days, six zero days. The problem is the function after this heals is going to be very, very difficult. Why? Because it's going to um, scar tissue. There's going to be a lot of scar tissue because of, of second intention healing. So when we, you measure this and compare to patients that were managed by observation alone, no matter how you measure it, it's always in favor of the watch and wait approach. Patients that were managed by local excision after chemoradiation have a significant impact in their anorectal function. Plus, what about the follow-up? Some of these patients that I did a local excision, when you go back to see what's going on within the, the lumen, what is this? Is this a local recurrence? Is this fibrotic tissue? It's very difficult to follow up these patients. Even MRI in the hands of people like Regina, looking at local excision patients, it may be very challenging to see whether this is a local recurrence or whether this is simply fibrotic tissue. So it's quite challenging. This is why in our institution, since the beginning, we are managing patients who have a complete clinical response without any type of, of local excision or TME. These patients are followed, and we reassess these patients every six to eight weeks, again, clinically, endoscopically, and radiologically. 
Yes, we can have local recurrences, and this is an updated meta-analysis recently came out at Annals of Surgery, and you can see on the right side the Lancet paper that came out actually today that we're proud of to be a part of it. And the three-year local regrowth or recurrence rate is pretty much the same, about 20 to 25% in three years, uh, these patients will have a local recurrence. But I have some good news for you. 90% of the local recurrences will have some kind of endoluminal component if you follow these patients appropriately. You can see here the local recurrences are very straightforward to be detected. Even among those 10% of the patients that have exclusively mesorectal recurrences, you can pick those up with proper radiological imaging. You can see that the node has grown from here to here, and you can actually pick these local recurrences with the proper MRI imaging as well. Another good news is you can go back and do the operation you were intended to do. In our experience, we were able to do the exact same operation the patient was a candidate to in the beginning. You can even do sometimes local excision in patients who have local regrowths, but still only in those patients that you have a uh, confirmation of residual or recurrent disease. And the best news is there's no oncological compromise. Even in those patients that we had to go back they, we thought they were a complete response, and we had a local recurrence. Those patients that had to go back and do radical surgery, there was no oncological compromise, and they did as well as those patients who underwent radical surgery immediately right off the bat after chemoradiation completion. So apparently, there's no oncological compromise. This is my last message because I think this is an important message about the systemic recurrences. Our patients who are managed by, low, by, by watch and wait at high risk for developing systemic recurrences. Well, looking at the systematic review recently published in the Annals of Surgery, which Professor Bill Hood is a co-author of this, the incidence of distant metastasis appears to be the same between patients managed by radical surgery and complete pathological response and complete clinical response and watch and wait. There's apparently no differences in terms of the incidence of distant metastasis. And I want you to take, pay attention to the overall survival rate. And these, this is a meta-analysis recently published, as I mentioned. Most of these patients did not get any type of adjuvant therapy, and the three-year overall survival rate was 93%. Now, when you go to the study mentioned by Professor Houllier, where patients were managed by radical surgery, 40% of those patients underwent adjuvant chemotherapy with Fofox. The overall survival at three years was 90%, slightly lower than the ones who underwent watch and wait after a complete clinical response. So in conclusion, surgery is really terrible. Excisional biopsies, I think we should stay away from them for the sake of confirmation of residual disease, regardless whether this is a, a, a locally advanced or early stage disease. I, I strongly disbelieve in the, in the role of, of local excision here. Follow-up, yes, it's critical, but it, isn't it always critical for all patients with rectal cancer? Early detection of recurrence and proper salvage seems to lead to no oncological compromise. And finally, there is apparently no difference in terms of systemic relapses from these patients. I cannot end my presentation without giving full credit to Professor Angelita, who is the, the true engine behind this idea. And I thank you very much for your attention.